is to connect the people with God and with each other in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here is one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we all
I'm making stuff up. There's probably spaces. And um, if you don't want to camp and you just want to drive over there, it's about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on where you live, um, Sequoia State Park. Bring your picnic lunch and a chair, and we will have church out uh, on the lake. All right? Cool. Yeah. 11 o'clock. We'll do 11 o'clock that day to give everybody a nice chance to get up, have your coffee, and drive out to the lake. All right. Whoo! We haven't been in... Been here in a while. What do we do next? Okay. Thank God for the list. All right. The list says we're on number four. The Gospel in Three Minutes with Bob James. Come on up. I'm going to give Bob a Jesus, not to use his abilities to satiate his hunger, 
not to force angels to come and catch him as he jumps off of a rooftop. No, the real temptation was to change the very purpose for which he came, which the Father sent him to earth in the first place for. Here we see the devil is trying to get Jesus to use his power to prove to the world that he is the Son of God. Come on, Jesus, do the things prophesied in the scripture about the Messiah and show these defiant minions who you really are. Give them reason to bow down and prove your obvious superiority and mastery of the material world. Show them what power lies behind the curtain in the heavenly realms. That will blow their little pea brains and they will see that God must be your father. And this will call all nations to fall down at your feet. That is the promise, right? That through the seed promised to Adam and Eve, the one would come, the serpent destroyer. And here's your opportunity. Here is how you can fulfill all that was promised. Show them if you can, that you are the Son of God. Wow. But this was not what Jesus came to do. Not that he didn't do many of these things or similar to them. He did turn stones into bread. By turning a few scraps of bread into mountains that fed thousands. And although he did not jump from the pinnacle of the temple to certain death, only to be raised up by angels, he did keep silent and not call angels to free him when shackled, but rather allow Rome and the leaders of the synagogue to slander him, spit on him, and crucify him. Only, of course, to rise three days later and never to die again. But, and this is a big, big but, not to prove that he was the Son of God, nor to prove that he was the beloved Son of God, I believe that the primary reason Jesus came was for something much more important, something much more powerful, something much, much more intimate. Jesus Christ of Nazareth sent forth from the throne of the Father to live as a man on earth was to prove to you and to you, and to you individually, that you are the beloved of the Father. You see, Paul told us in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, that the methodology of God is very simple. It is not through force of sword nor through superior knowledge of how to manipulate matter in the universe, or even call down angels from an unseen realm behind curtains of our reality to have our eyes open to that truth. No. Paul said, don't you know that it is through the loving kindness of God that we are all gently led to a new understanding of who we are. The sons daughters, most importantly, the beloved of the Father of all. And that's how I see the gospel in the final minutes.
to sing some more. Everybody follow me. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. 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 Oh, look at that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Part of the way you receive good words of truth is going, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of open your mouth a little bit and it slips in. themselves and don't know how to return. You are the beloved in Christ. 
Peace to those who eat alone and to those who build a bigger table. Peace to those who have been hurt by the church and by others, and especially by yourself. Peace to the ones still striving to love their own reflection. Remember, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the one who believes and sometimes doesn't. Peace to the one who left old systems and the one still trying to build something new. Peace to the one at an empty tomb waiting to hear their name called. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to you in every cell, in every emotion, in every memory, in every ache, in every joy, in every day, in every night, in every room, in your heart, in your gut, in your bones, in your blood, in your limbs, in your senses, in your spirit, in your breath, in and out, in and out, deep abiding peace that says you have always been enough. Peace to you. Yeah! Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you are dismissed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, at this time, as you are comfortable, we will extend grace and peace to one another. It's as simple as looking at your neighbor, crossing the aisles, and saying, I extend grace and peace to you. Be sensitive to one another's um, physical space. You can tell if someone's ready for a hug, if they're not. So just bow and love and be a blessing to one another. Grace and peace to you. Go ahead and move on.
being our compassion, our mercy, forgiveness. I pray every person in the house this morning would receive, would receive all the mercy, all the grace, all the compassion, all the love, God, that you have, that you pour out on us. I pray that there would be revelation light in our hearts of Jesus.
the presence of the Lord makes all the difference. Philosophically, scientifically, spiritually, right? You can have a lot of information, but if you don't have a why, if you don't have a purpose, the presence, if you don't have the glue on the inside, then uh, without it, there's no meaning. You can make meaning philosophically, scientifically, okay? We can philosophize and theologize and all the things, but without the presence.
in him before the foundation of the world. Everybody say, before the foundation, before the foundation of, the world, of the world, I was chosen. I was chosen. Yes. Yes. Cool. That we should be holy and without blame before God in love. Having predestined us to adoption as children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Say, accepted, accepted. In, in the beloved. The beloved. Who's the beloved? Me. Yeah. In this particular text, it's referring to Jesus, the Christ. The Christ that really preceded all time. But it is actually you too, because you're getting the hang of this. You identify with God. Except in the beloved. In him, in whom? In the beloved, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, jumping down to verse. 15. Right here in verse 15 is tucked the most cool prayer that, that Paul ever penned. The first three chapters of Ephesians describe the contents of the Christian's heavenly account. And really, it's not just the Christian's account. Every single beloved, regardless of of your orientation, religiously, spiritually, regardless of all of that, Come on. every human being, yes. regardless of anything, yes. has an account, yes. whether you know it or not. You have an account. You were born with it. Yeah. You were born into this life with it. Remember how it was before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation, before you had a choice in the matter. This bank account includes adoption, acceptance, redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the spirit, grace, citizenship, every spiritual wealth. That's why Paul is kind of teaching and being poetic, almost wrapping this this, these words to us, situating us in our identity. That is one of my primary calls for you and with you, is to so associate you with Christ that you never have to look to another worldly identity yes. to get your place. Yes. You're situated spiritually. Your orientation, as I have said so many times before, is proceeding. There's a, there's something before what you put down on your form. You've been born with an account, and Paul is saying, "Let us bless the Lord, who has given us all of these spiritual blessings before the foundation of the world, has prepared and predestined us. Not Calvinism predestined us. The Lord God did. Had you in mind." Already situated you, provided for you, took care of you before you ever showed up on the timeline. Hey. 
So Paul is passionate that every person would understand how completely associated they are in Christ.
is not ours to live, but it's the life that we live in Christ. It is Christ who died and lives. And our identification is in him. What he did, you do. By faith in the spirit. It comes by faith. By the way, now, your account and your redemption is sealed by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a choice about that. Right. Yeah. But you walking in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And living a salvation experience. That's your choice now. Yeah, 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 totally yeah. up to you. Yeah. But your redemption identity, totally up to God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your redemption on. identity, totally up to God. Your salvation, how much of it you want to experience yeah, yeah. in this journey of life, totally up to you. Yep. Right on. Yeah, of course. And so we make it through this first chapter, chapters 1, 2, and 3, talking about Paul just reminding these people, or maybe sharing with them for the very first time, what they have in their heavenly bank account. Now, this is what's so cool. I can look at every single one of you, whether you believe like me or not. And I can see the heavenly bank account right over your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even your accounting of the sin or your moral behavior beforehand because that account has been wiped away. It always has been. Yes. Yes. When you catch up with it mentally, that's when you start to really feel the joy of it. But before you even catch up with it, it's already true. Yeah. God has already cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. God's already yeah. taken the sin off of the Jesus has already been the one who takes away the sin of the world. You're part of the world. Your sin has already been removed. We already have that established fact in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, of course you do. So then when you pray for somebody, you say, well, well I'm going to pray for them, but you know, sister, pastor, they're not a believer. Come on. I need you to come pray for them sure we know where their eternal destiny lies. Oh, listen. I already read the book. I know where your eternal destiny lies. Before I even come to your hospital bed. Yeah. He said, well, my spouse is an unbeliever. That's okay. Don't even fret about that. Don't even fret about that. Your redemption identity is already situated before when? Before the foundation of the world. Yeah, because we read it, right? We read that. That's why the, you need the spirit and the word to agree. You have these things written for edification, exhortation, and comfort. You have these things written so that you can learn. Then once you learn and you know the rules, then you can start breaking them. stuck into this and going, what do they mean by slavery? Okay, yeah, we got that. What they did over here. But there's some things that we can gain and learn and say, okay, before the foundation of the world, I was chosen in God. Awesome. Yeah. That means my spouse, too. Yeah. That means my kid on cocaine, too. Yes. That means my drug addicted kid, too. Yeah. 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 Absolutely him. Yeah. Even my one that is choosing a different religion right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Redemption's already in place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you all just say now with me? Yes. Yeah. And so Paul goes down and he, he, he 
begins this beautiful prayer. And this is really where I wanted to get to. Verse 15, Ephesians 1. So Paul speaking, therefore, so now that I've gotten you up to speed about who you are in Christ, yeah. after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the people, I do not cease to give thanks for you and make mention of you in my prayers. And this is it right here. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. There are some things that don't come by more book learning and another degree or another class. It is always all good to get as much education as you possibly want and can. I am all for that. But there are some things about your faith that are intangible that only come by the Spirit. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we, we want to pray for one another that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yes. Another yes. way that I say that is that they would have the spirit of seeing and yes. knowing. Yes. Knowing what can't come just through book learning. That's right. Knowing what can't come through reading this text and going, okay, before the foundation of the world, I was talking to him. Unless this comes off the page, yep. unless this lights in your heart yeah. Yeah. and yeah. your thoughts are flooded with light and inspired with insight, you will just stay dead in your old identity. Yeah, but what I want for this church more than anything is to be alive in Christ. To know and be aware. To have the spirit of seeing and knowing in a greater manifestation than it ever has been before, and that comes by the spirit. And guess what? You already are a spirit. Good news. You don't even have to try for this. You just are a spirit. You are a spirit. Yeah, and you have this account. So all you do is embody it and own it and learn about it and learn about your account in Christ. Your redemption's already set. Now your salvation is something you get to opt into. Does that make sense? Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that you would have the spirit of seeing and knowing in the knowledge of God. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Somebody say enlightened. Enlightened. Yeah, I want to be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of God's calling and what are the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in the saints. Remember we read up there earlier in that chapter that you were adopted? Yeah. Well, it's not like what we think of today. Adoption in that time, especially in Roman time, is not like it occurs for us today when we take some person who doesn't have a natural family affiliation and we adopt them into our own family. What they were talking about in that, in that time period was taking children that the head of household, father, the, the tree of potestas, the, the, the power of the father is really how that worked in those days in Rome, and it takes whatever children he had, whether by his primary wife or his maidservants, other servants in the household that he would have children with. And in that day, really the firstborn, what, son was the heir of the father's wealth, right? But what it's talking about here is that it's kind of more of a, and Bob can really explain this really well, more of a bar mitzvah, more of a coming of age, and more of a, 
of the father selecting again and choosing again who he wants to be the heir of his wealth. It is not just the firstborn son is the lucky one, luck of the draw, come on, tie this together. It's not just the luck of the draw, it's that the father appoints and adopts and makes even the third or fourth in line the heir of his wealth. That's how it worked in there. So for us, Jesus is the firstborn, what? Among many brethren. Jesus is the firstborn. So all things go to Jesus, right? The inheritance of God. The hell heavenly bank account goes to Jesus. And where are you? In Christ. In Christ. Yeah. He made us adopted. It all goes to the head, right? And then you. You're the body. He also made you, even though you were born seven billionth, you're still an heir, as if you were the firstborn. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And what's what are you the heir of? Adoption, redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the spirit, grace, citizenship, every spiritual life, yes. every spiritual blessing yes. in Christ Jesus is yours. Yeah. yeah. For real. Yeah. That's how it goes. And that's my gospel in 35 minutes or right? <laughs>
Thing that I have described. You don't have to. 
We come to the table from many families and many origins. The table makes us one. All are welcome at the table. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. So this is my body given for you. He gave thanks. And so we do thank you, God, for the body really are with us. We know and we say that we are what we eat. God bless you as you take the body and heal it into your body. On the same night, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you a new covenant in my love. As often as you do this, remember me, remember that you are forgiven. Let this be a brand new day for you today. God bless you, Jesus.